This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Stephen Bates. Stephen is a British business coach who helps ambitious business leaders and entrepreneurs who know they are underperforming but don't know why. He's helped thousands of clients across the globe over the last 20 plus years since founding Certain Change in 2002. He's the creator of the Alpha Program, the Certain Change Program, and co-founder of Tech Leaders and Retention Booster. Thanks so much for joining me today, Stephen. Hey, my pleasure. It's great to be here. Thank you. It is great to have you here. So, um, you know, we're, we're talking, we're going to be talking today about all sorts of things when it comes to being confident, you know, as business owners and and things. And I, I th- there's something that I'm curious about that I've been curious about. So I I want to get your take on it. And it is this: Why do so many business owners underprice their product or service? Mm. Yeah, it's a very common thing, and. Um, also, if, uh, people also under promote themselves yeah. <laughs> and they under niche themselves as well. So if I, I can wrap all three of those up, so under niching, I mean, right. they don't go, don't go for the, for the level of clients they should go for, or they actually, they know they could go for. And mm. the fact that they know they're underpricing or they're holding back from promoting themselves. And I, that, that was my one. That was my one. I did that for a very long time. Um, I didn't want to tell anybody about what I did. I wanted to help people. <laughs> I was passionate about being good at it, but I didn't like telling people. Uh, and then under niching, under niching okay. saying, so not going for the level you could go either as an employee or um, for the level of, of client customer that you could go for. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, 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 that totally resonates with me. I guess... Why do we do that? Can I can I tell you a bit of a backstory sure. to help explain? Yeah. Sure. So, so um, one of the things that people find very surprising when they look at me and they go, "Huh," um, is that my first business um, was well, when I first started out twenty six years ago or something like that. Um, I be, I was a, a physiotherapist or a physical therapist, I think you you call it over there in the, the states, 
And I started my business as a physiotherapist. I trained in lots of uh, modalities and um, I was technically very good. I got lots of clients, lots of referrals, and, and luckily I didn't have to do much promotion, so I didn't really encounter my, my block. And, and everything seemed to be going great. I had more money than I ever had. I had freedom. I had control of my life. Uh, everything was fantastic. And then I noticed something a bit strange, which my training didn't uh, prepare me for in the slightest. What I noticed was when I was giving advice to people, you know, they came in, they were in real physical pain, they'd hurt themselves, they bad backs, sprained ankles, headaches, all sorts of different things. When I gave them advice to do these exercises, do that bit of stretching, stop playing the sport for a while, or, you know, not sit in front of a computer for 10 hours a day, I noticed there were two, really two groups of people. One group who took my advice and did what I suggested. Funnily enough, they got better faster. They were very, very happy. And I got lots of referrals. They paid me less money. They got better faster. They went back into their life. They got back into jobs, earning their money and, and all the things that they wanted to do. But there was a significant amount of people who didn't do them, didn't do the things I could, I asked them to do, which they could do, very simple things. And when I asked them, there was three main responses first one was oh I was busy or I did a bit then I forgot and then my favorite one was a simple uh and they didn't know why they hadn't done it so that really struck me that if we are in real physical pain acute and a real acute problem and we still won't do what is right to, for ourselves I thought if we do that then when and where else do we do it and the answer is everywhere yeah. and we know this we do it in our relationships we do it in our businesses we underprice ourselves we don't tell the people how good we are um we you know just don't do what we want to do and what we know we're capable of doing so i got fascinated since i really spotted that i got fascinated and i started to explore it because i wanted to help my clients and then it took me down a very different route and I got fascinated by just solving the problem. Why do so many people? And the number I, I sort of looked at with my clients and then just observation and working with lots of people, about 40% of people do this. And this is, you were talking about confidence. 40% mm -hmm. of people excessively lose their confidence, have excessive self-doubt, excessively fear failure and it's the word excessive that is the key mm. because we are meant to doubt we're meant to lose our confidence we are meant to uh, worry about risk but not to that much not to that amount and when I was been working on it and working with people and you, you know getting trained in all these techniques to help people uh, with their thinking and their behavior I suddenly realized I was doing the same thing it was I was one of those 40 <laughs> percent so to cut a long story short um, the reason why we do it is never to harm ourselves oh. we actually do it to help ourselves and I can very confidently 
hand on heart, and, and this is tested out with thousands of clients who come in very, very destructive behaviors. I've done, I've worked in all sorts of niches, uh, all sorts of behaviors. Um, and every single person, much to their surprise, actually does, does it to help themselves. Wow. Yeah. Help themselves as well. Ah. <laughs> I, I, generally, I say two things, and this is what surprises people. They do these damaging behaviors. They underprice themselves. They overeat. They drink too much. They whatever to help themselves. Two things generally, and whatever your definition of these two things is, it's up to you. Is to actually to be happy and successful. And when I realized that after working with so many people, and I thought, there's a process in this. This is not an accident. This is just how the brain works. And then I just tested it out. And I, I can now confidently say to somebody who's in absolute confusion, in absolute conflict, they know they are capable of more, they're all putting their prices up to the right level, but they won't let themselves. If you have that conflict, that argument inside your head, it means that there's two ways of thinking about your pricing in this case. The real you, as I call it, knows your value. And there's another part of your brain that just says, I'm not going to let you say that's what your price is. And they, they appear in absolute conflict, complete opposites, black and white. One says I should be paid this amount and this one says no, I should be paid a third of that. So the conflict, people look at the, the, the conflict in the behavior, the price, and it looks completely opposed. But once you dig down into the reason why people are underpricing and you keep going beyond the normal, what everyone thinks is to protect yourself from rejection or to whatever it happens to be, yeah. you keep going and you find out, well, there's only one you and both processes want exactly the same thing you to be happy and successful. And I can guarantee that with any client, give you two hours, we'll find out what it is, why you're doing it, and I guarantee that they prove to themselves. And they, they do that wow thing you just did. And it's really <laughs> suspicious and like, that's ridiculous because it makes no sense. Yeah, right. I guarantee it, they will prove it to themselves within those two hours and they just, it's like the light bulb goes on for the first time, they're understanding why they are getting in their own way. It's so interesting. I mean, so does that mean that we're settling for a different definition of happiness or success? I mean, that's a that's a great question. It's a def, different mechanism to get that happiness, but they actually the happiness and the success is actually the same. Huh. It's the mechanism of going there. So. Uh, I'm in I'm in the UK so if I wanted to fly over to the States for example mm -hmm. the smart thing was me to go to Heathrow airport pick up a plane and fly to whatever country in the States is closest to where you are uh -huh. but the other the other part of the thinking it will say well no I need to nip over to France then we're going to take a bus trip down to Greece 
then we're going to go back to France and it has a convoluted process. And what it actually usually does is it's trying to solve a lot of your problems at once. So I can give you some examples if you want. Great. That would be great. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, that sounds a bit crazy, but there is, there is a, there is a process and a logic to it. And all it is, is we're meant to doubt every time we make a, an important decision, well, even a small decision at the end of the decision of why do I want this? What is it I want and how do I do it? We're meant to stop and say, is this the right decision? And at that point, we're meant to self-doubt. Is this the right thing? Can I do it? Is it a risk? Is it worth it? Because that stops us from getting caught up in the emotion of excitement or fear and jumping into things and then regretting it later. So we've all done that, haven't we? When we didn't yeah. doubt. Yeah. yeah. So part of a good decision-making is to lose confidence and doubt. So if I can, if, if I can go in a different direction for a second. Sure. You said the word confidence. Yeah. Everyone, every, you know, I, I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of people about this. People want more confidence in life. How can I be more confident to go and do something? How can I be more confident to? But when you ask them what confidence is, most people don't actually know what it is. And actually, yeah. the really important thing is that co confidence is the default state of the human being. Except we don't notice that when we're confident, we only notice when we lose it. Oh, that's interesting. How many things do you do day in, day out, all the things you do with absolute confidence? Thousands of things. Yeah, right. It's when we come up against something that we either not sure whether it's right for us or we, we have value to do, we, we can do, or we don't know how to do it. They're the two elements of confidence, I believe. It's our value in that situation and do we know how to do it? So self-worth self and certainty. Yeah. If you're missing either of those, we lose confidence. So when you're creating a plan to do something, you think... I deserve this job at this fee. I deserve to be paid this amount for my, for my skill set or my service. But if you've never sold it at that level before, you're breaking a boundary. You might believe you deserve it. That's why you want to put your prices up. But until you've sold it two or three times, you don't have confidence that you can get it. You don't have that certainty that you'll get a yes. As soon as you get two or three, you go, yeah, I'm now at that level. So we're meant to lose oh. doubt, uh, meant to have doubt and lose confidence every, you know, every time we make a, a, an important decision. Day in, day out, we do this thousands of times a day because it just makes us stop and say, is this the right idea? Is this a good plan? And if we're not confident enough to move forward, we just, well, we, I need to go and think this out again. I need to go and look at work on my plan and why I'm doing it and how I'm doing it. And then when we come up with the plan that we think does work, which is in reasonable for the risk we need to take, we go, yeah, okay, I'm prepared to take that amount of risk. Let's move forward. And we have the confidence to move forward because we go, yes, I think I can do it. And I think I have a process that will get me there, certainty. So we're meant to lose confidence just to, to help us. But what is the point of losing confidence is to make us make a better decision. Okay, but I have a question for you about that. 
are we making better decisions or is it stopping us uh, from moving forward? So if the real you is having these conversations with yourself and you think, actually, I can't see a way of making this a, a good decision, that's time to scrap it and do something else. So that's just normal everyday decision making. The problem we have is, and that the people I, I work I like working with is, when they have another part of their thinking that does this excessively. So it's like an argument in your head. If you have an argument in your head saying, I should put my prices up, I know I deserve it. And another little voice in your head says, no, you're not, you're not smart enough. They won't pay that. And you have that excessive argument that's holding you back. That's when that same process is being used, but under a different set of rules, under a different set of values, but basically it's saying, I'm gonna protect you from making any mistake. I'm not gonna let you put your prices up at all. Okay. So it's the excessive doubt that's the problem, not the good reasonable doubt just to think about your decision-making. So it's, it's, like, so it's almost like it's two processes, two parts of your brain yeah. saying, I'm in charge of your pricing structure. So if I can give you that example I was telling you about. Yeah. At a, I, had a client who was doing very well in his industry. He was, he was doing very well. But every month he got to a certain amount of uh, sales. And then he used to start sabotaging his calls. As soon as he hit, hit that limit, he started sabotaging his sales calls. And he knew he was doing it and he was frustrated and he didn't know why, but he couldn't stop himself. So he would earn, you know, do a sales call. Brilliant, brilliant. Got the deal, got the person coming in. Very happy. They were happy. Great service. He wanted to help people. Great reputation. Absolutely perfect. Until he hit this particular number or got close to it, and then he started to sabotage it. He changed his behavior because the other part of his brain took over and said, well, he didn't know why he was doing it. So it took about half an hour and it turned out that if he went over this limit that he'd unconsciously set for himself, he would then be a greedy boy. Wow. Now, if you think of those, listen to those words, you just went, wow. But if you think of greedy boy, this, this man was in his thirties, <laughs> successful business person. That's not the language yeah. of an adult. <laughs> So it didn't take long to track it back. Uh -huh. And then he just, it was one of those facepalm moments when he said, this is my mum. And this was actually about him being told, don't take too many potatoes on Sunday uh -huh. dinner when we've got guests, because then you'll be greedy. And basically his mum would be embarrassed. And he said, my, this is a joke in my family for my mum to not be greedy. So he would then be, a greedy boy, and he would disappoint his mum. And that was the process that was running his sales strategy and the amount he was allowed to earn. It took over because not being liked and not being a nice person was more important than earning money. Right. That's such a great example. I really appreciate that. I, I, I mean, my gosh, I think it feels like, especially when it comes to money, 
that we are really tied up in how we were raised in regard mm -hmm. to money and things and wanting and getting and and all of you know and mm -hmm. and you know as far as not promoting ourselves enough i think that comes back to our upbringing being told to be humble and modest oh that's a very common one yeah yeah which but the thing is your client wants you to be yeah confident enough so they can have the confidence in you to say yeah. oh fantastic you can help me so the client yeah. so we we often you know this is what i call the the true arrogance problem the true arrogance problem is not arrogant people truly arrogant people are quite rare what the, tr the for me the real arrogance problem is is people being afraid afraid of being called arrogant by other people yeah being big-headed yeah you know so what we do is we have a lot of people who are not arrogant because it's their worst nightmare i don't want to be called arrogant so what we do is we say i can't speak up and say what i'm good at confidently with pride even yeah. though you might have great results and people are saying you're amazing, you should go for that job, you should pitch that, you should raise your prices, you're brilliant and you have proof. But you still hold back and hesitate because in the back of your mind, you cannot be an arrogant person. You can't be big headed. You can't be and whatever it happens to be on as an individuals, everyone's slightly different. Everyone has a, their own story. But. The process is exactly the same, same for finding it. And because we want to move forward, we, we know we're capable, we should be charging, we should be promoting, we should be going for that job, we should be asking that person out, we should, whatever it happens to be that we want. That's the real you talking. And the real you is not broken. You don't have a problem. It's just that there's another part of you that you've created accidentally, and it is an accident, unconsciously that is excessively protecting you because it thinks if I protect you then you're not going to be judged and you're not being going to be criticized or you won't lose your money or you won't won't make a mistake and everything's going to be okay and then eventually you'll be happy and successful except that it just stops you dead yeah eek wow how complicated being human <laughs> well I, I i take it i take actually solace in the fact that so many people are doing it and this is what i noticed so many people are doing there must be a reason we're doing it yeah. and actually i was taught something many many years ago when i was training to be an osteopath the human the human being is simply intricate or intricately simple and if you want to make it very complicated you can make huge theories you can dive into the detail or yeah. if you look for the simple commonalities of things, then things become simple. And I went that route and I thought there must be a reason. And when I explored enough, it was like, well, everyone's doing the same process. So it's an inbuilt process. It's in our brains. It's an accident. We don't mean to do it. That's why we have a conflict and an argument. So therefore, if it's a process we're doing by accident, the good thing about a process is you change something and the process changes. Or as I like to say, let's find the reason why you're doing it, what it is and why you're doing it, so you can turn it off like any other decision. We, turn, we, we change our minds all the time 
but it's very, very hard to change your mind and deal with something like this if you don't know what it is and you don't know why you want to keep it. Right, okay, yes. At this time, I'd like to take a sponsor break. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. And I'm sure you know that audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, but you might not know about the other content. There's podcasts, Audible Originals, guided meditations. Uh, my favorite thing is to be able to listen to different kinds of things all on the same platform. I think it's a time saver uh, and it's like a productivity uh, hack for me. I don't have to go jumping from one platform to another. Uh, so we're offering you a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, sign up for that free trial, and then explore on your own. You know, check out the audiobooks, check out the other programs, see what really, you know, resonates with you. Interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Then how do we confidently sell our products, our services, ourselves, you know, how, how do we do that? Well, it depends, you know, so this is, so for example, um, have you ever met any salespeople who don't like selling themselves? Yeah. Yeah, it's really common, isn't it? And I love working with these people because they're the most confused. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have sales training. They can sell the processes and the services and the products very happily. Yeah. But they just don't use the rules for selling themselves. They use that different set of rules because they would be big headed or one client I worked with recently, they didn't want to be thought of as, as, as a pushy salesperson. Yeah. So it's a very common one. So one sales style, we all know the aggressive sort that, you know, kicks down doors and is rude and aggressive and, and that's where most people, especially professional people who, who pride themselves in their integrity and the work and their qualifications, they don't want to sell. So they won't learn the techniques of selling because they don't want to be thought of as that particular sales style or being a salesperson. So the first thing is, if you are getting in your own way, finding out why you're doing this, like, like my client. That wasn't his problem. He just wasn't allowed to earn enough money. So finding that out and turning that off is the first thing. And the second thing is then saying, well, it is okay for me to sell because I actually want to help people and I want to look after my family. And if you're a professional person, and I, when I'm working with professionals who want to sell and say, well, just remove the word selling for a second yeah. and just say, do you like, do you need to influence people to show them what, um how you can really help them they go yeah they have no problem with the word influencing or can you show them the best way to 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 change their business they say yeah i really can do that could you stand there in the presentation and show them how to do it absolutely i can i said but if i say call that selling then you won't yeah. want to do it will you and they go yeah. no <laughs> it's the same skill yeah so it's this this you know, set of crazy ideas we have about something. So how do we, how do we sell ourselves? It's actually, first of all, get out your own way. But actually, most of the time, 
people want to do that naturally or they have a natural ability to talk about what they do and then you might want to go and improve your skills by finding somebody who's really good at teaching you how to sell in that particular environment or marketing or whatever right 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 so the right. so the biggest accelerator i mean i love your your the name of your podcast accelerate your business growth because the fastest way of accelerating the business is actually taking the foot off the brake that you're yeah. driving with <laughs> So just get go and <laughs> say so you start using the skills you already have, but you won't let yourself use or price yourself at the right level, which you haven't let yourself do, or just tell people that you're good at what you do. You, you know, you, and the, and the, with the arrogance problem is very, it's very similar. People are often so worried about letting people down and, and, and not giving them value. Often the people who, because they're so fearful of what people would say about them, they actually study very hard and become very proficient at what they do, but they just won't tell anybody. So it's, <laughs> they're so desperate to make, not make a mistake. They're actually some of the best people, but they just never actually open their mouths and say, hey, I'm really good at this. Can I help you? <laughs> well, that would be bragging. <laughs> yeah, and I had a client who did that. He, um, he came to me because he worked for a, a very large tech company. He stepped down because he was, he was put into a management position. He didn't know how to man manage and run a team, as most people do, because they never get the training. Yeah. He had a real problem with being called arrogant, and um, he was worried about what people think, excessively so. We started work two weeks. We found it in the first two hours, as we always do. Blew his mind a little bit. He started to change. He then had to, and the reason he came to me, because he had an interview from the company he stepped down, one of their big competitors. He got the job. Um, and I texted him just after he had his first interview and he said, I sounded so arrogant and I sounded so big headed. Uh, and I said, but did they think that? He said, no, 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 they gave me the job. <laughs> they, they wanted this guy to solve their problem and they needed someone who's confident enough to say. Now, to his ears, just after a couple of weeks of working, he still yeah. sounded arrogant. But actually, he was just being himself because he's really good at his job. And, and he got a £20,000 pay rise. Wow. That's the level he should have been working at all the time. He was that yeah. good already. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I just think we're so wired to go in the other direction that, that you know, it, it's got to be. I, I imagine that it is a process. It's not like a light bulb going off, that it's a process to create that shift so that you're thinking it's less of a process than you think it's less of a process than you think really yeah can i give you an example yes do you know anybody who smoked for 20 30 years and one day yes. they just changed yes did they want to give up for quite a long time and tried all the different things that often happens on and off if, yes and then they failed and they went back on and they failed and then yes. one day they just went, I'm done. Now, yeah. that's a chemical addiction. It's, a, yeah. it's been a big psychological addiction, and they yeah. changed their mind. Have you ever known anybody who was hopelessly in love with somebody, having a great time, and then perhaps their partner did something wrong, and they said, that's it, I'm done, I'm not in love with this person anymore, and they got divorced? Yes. So when we're in love oh. or when we're smoking, we absolutely believe that's all it can be. 
but one day we can just change our mind and we do this all the time that is the process it's just decision but i think unfortunately we're taught that changing your mind is difficult and hard and it takes a long time and this this um this fallacy about 21 days to create a habit yeah it does take time to, to you know grow the neurons in your brain but it doesn't take that long and the thing that makes the difference is turn off the reason why you want to sabotage and then focus on something that's more important there is an adjustment but most of my clients they start changing their behaviors within days They've got to get used to it and how do I apply it in this situation and how do I do it in this situation because it's new and they're getting used to it. Yeah. But the, the thing I look for most is in that, in that very first session is I call it an oops moment when they suddenly realise why they've been doing it. They just look at you, take a big breath, the shoulders go up and they go, oh. <laughs> and that's when they go, oops, because it's a mistake. Yeah. And They've been trying to help themselves in a really poor way. And then the fun thing is that usually their goals get bigger, they get more concrete, and the really big one is their goals become their own, especially if they've been uh, trying to please people or, or trying, to, trying to hide from people or you know, not be judged or criticised. Their goals become their own, they become bigger, they become more confident about them and more certain because that's always been in there. So like the gentleman I was telling you about, he was 20,000 pounds underpaid. Yeah. He only, he just got that job to be where he should be now. Now the fun stuff is now we're working on now on improving his leadership and management skills so he can be more successful because he's got out of his own way. That's, That's the fun stuff. So the process is actually shorter than you think because... If you've got an argument inside your head, I should be charging $1,000, but I only charged $350. The part of you that says, I know I should be charging $1,000, doesn't need fixing. And the fact you've got the argument going on, it's like, that's why we get frustrated. If we, if we didn't have this frustration, we wouldn't have that part of us that says, I'm, I'm worth $1,000 for that thing you'll be happy charging 350. Oh, right. So if you've got an argument inside you, which is very frustrating and there's lots of emotions and people spend way too much time trying to control their emotions, it's, it's, the, it's the one thing I don't bother with at all. Because if you change your thinking, your emotions change immediately. Yeah. Soon as you, soon as you start thinking about something else, your emotions change. People, people use emotions very badly. They think they're behaviours, they're not. Yeah, they, they, right. they think fear is there to protect you. It can't because it's just a bunch of chemistry inside you. It's part of a process to protect you. But it's a bunch of chemistry inside your body, electrical signals and chemical signals firing off. Can't protect you from anything because yeah. it's inside. It's not going to protect you from a truck. <laughs> so we, we, there's a lot of misconceptions about yeah. mindset that I'm desperate to help people with to make it simpler, make it easier, make it more logical, make it more obvious. So you can do something better than doing therapy or, or mindset work and just go off and charge a thousand bucks and be proud of yourself and come home and buy something for your kids or have a nice holiday. Yeah. Or give some more money to charity or whatever you want to do with it. Right. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, I love this whole thing. I mean, I, I, this is so great. And right then when you said the thing about you're having an argument with yourself and the, and the one part that wants to charge $1,000 is right. So it, it doesn't need to be changed. That was like a light bulb for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that really, I really got that. So speaking of, you know, passionately wanting to help people get out of their own way, uh, will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you and, and what you've got going on, please? Yeah, sure. So, um, well, I'm in the UK, but all my, my clients are all over the, all over the globe. Um, if you want to get hold of me, just best place is certainchange.co.uk, or you can find me on LinkedIn. And I, I have different programs for different situations, like people getting in their own way, which is I call the alpha program. Certain change program is to help leaders learn to be good leaders because it's a massive skill set. Um, I help people understand the difference between leading and managing because some people are fantastic leaders and are terrible managers. And that's OK, as long as you know that and what to do about it. So I, I like working with like working with people with ambition and drive who get in their own way, know they're capable of more and really want to get the best out of themselves, but also get the best out of their teams, grow their businesses because good business puts so much back in the community because a, a passionate driven leader, business owner can help 50 families um, have a better life. So that's why I like concentrating uh, on people with in business because they can make such good change um, if they are they're following their own ambition and, and they're not worried about what other people think and they can work at the level they're truly capable of so many other people can be helped too that's terrific that is terrific Stephen thank you so much for spending this time with me and explaining all of this I really appreciate it my pleasure and listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.